Hi, this is Sensei James Leonelli from Sensei's Weekly Mindset, and I'm here to talk to you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. Don't forget my personal favorite, MMA. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, we can help you find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget Bet Online for NHL, boxing, golf, and like I said, my personal favorite, the sport of MMA. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space, ready to give you guys this week's food for thought. As per usual, my son, my tie gear best this is actually a school apparel from a couple of years ago. You can kind of see on the arms there. Uh, they have the Spring 2023 collection available now, so check it out, tiegear.com. You can get your official school apparel, license to train, and all of that. So, as we get our show rolling today, folks, uh, the mindset I wanted to talk about today was brought about by the Swing for the Stars event, which, by the way, if you have not gotten the chance to watch the Swing for the Stars event yet, make sure that you guys get onto YouTube, search Swing for the Stars. It's right there, right? Four hours and three, 32 minutes long, I think, something like that. You can look on the Tiger Shulman's YouTube page if that's easier for you. I've also posted the link on my social media, so you can find it there as well. So, uh, Definitely go check that out. The event went off swimmingly. We've heard nothing but amazing and positive things about it. And, you know, as always, there's some growing pains, some things that we're looking to make a little bit better, but we are for sure uh, going to continue to work on that um, to make it even better for next year because there's definitely going to be a next year and it's definitely going to be even better. But <clears throat> nonetheless, uh, one of the things that we did in preparation for the event, when I say me, I mean myself and everybody else behind the scene is we sent out a questionnaire not only to the kids who were participating but also to the fighters who were participating and one of the questions on it was do you have another favorite athlete outside of combat sports and i forget which fighter it was and it was anybody who is the answer to the, their question was something to the effect of anybody who is stands out in their field who is amazing at their field and they gave examples of tiger woods um lebron james things like that and all great answers, all people who are definitely great at their activity. But it raises the better question. And the better question is simply, why do we respect greatness? Why, why do we respect it when someone is so spectacular at something? And that's what I wanted to address today. So when I think about this, I, I want to draw a quick differentiation before we get going. Now, when I say greatness, I don't necessarily mean financial success. Sure, often that's part of it. Um, but other times there's people who, who, you know, kind of stumbled their way into success or took some ways into financial success that aren't of the, uh, the, the greatest ways to do it or uh, the ways that we would tell our own children to go about becoming famous and therefore uh, and eventually rich because of it. I'm talking about mastery of craft. 
I'm talking about someone who looks like an absolute master at what they do. And the, the thing with it is that can, that can be twofold, right? That can be a physical skill that was learned to greatness or just an amazing level achieved. So, so those sport examples that were given are definitely examples of someone who mastered a craft, someone who's really, really great at, the, at what they do. And the thing is, often when we think about greatness, the first people that come to our mind are people like Tiger Woods, LeBron James, people who are super, super, super successful in their sport. For example, athletes are often something we think about. But that's also something that we can apply to even someone who's a master craftsman, right? Like there's something beautiful, and this is going to sound silly, but go with me here. There's something beautiful about when an electrician can take the electrical panel in your house that's an absolute mess and there's wires coming from every different direction. And they can take that and they can make it a uniform, beautiful work of art. That's a work of art. That's a mastery of craft. And we respect the heck out of that, right? Like when, when, when we did the, in my house, when we went from, from oil to natural gas, my cousin was the plumber. When he finished laying all the pipes and they're all like, it's a work of art. It, it literally is like a mural on the wall. It's so beautiful. And we respect the heck out of that. The same way that we respect the heck out of the way Tiger Woods can get that little ball into that hole 300 plus yards away. The same way we respect how LeBron James, how Kobe Bryant can just own a basketball, a, a basketball court. Right? And we respect that in anything. Right? If someone's uh, like David Goggins, an ultra marathoner, if he's a great marathon runner, oh my gosh. I mean, think about it. Just for a moment, imagine for me all the famous athletes that you can imagine in your mind just list off a couple it doesn't matter matter who's in, in your head could be baseball players could be olympic stars could be and so so on and so forth right and it's funny this is an example that uh, that shian gravina my instructor always used to give to the kids in his school and, and i very much appreciate it think about the skills that a baseball player has and obviously it's a slightly more than this right they hit the ball they catch the ball they throw the ball those are about about the three skills that they have um, and obviously there's different ways to throw the ball, different ways to catch the ball, different ways to hit the ball. Of course, those things are just kind of like the, um, the uh, general uh, things that they do. So if we think about those generalities as the three things that a, that a baseball player does, you don't even know their name unless they're one of like the best hundred players in the world or they're on your team. Right. Just just think about that. Right. Like when I grew up, I, uh, despite my uncle's urging to be a Mets fan, I grew up when the Yankees were like on their their tirade the, uh, of, through championships. So I became a Yankee fan. And I knew the Yankees like opening lineup and all of that. And so they were on my team and they may not have all been the best players in the world, but they were on my team. I knew the stars of the other teams. Right? Like the base of maybe the best hundred in the world. So you think about how many kids you grew up with that you played little league baseball with and when i think about that there's dozens dozens of kids that i probably probably hundreds of kids that i played little league baseball with as a kid and some of those kids went on to play in high school and that's about where it ended for them i don't think any played in college I, not that i know of anyway and definitely none play in the major leagues so you think about that small like that huge group that we had that we grew up with and how it just whittled down and whittled down and whittled down and whittled down to the point where nobody made it to the major leagues.
right? Like, I remember growing up, my best friend, Brendan, he was the best baseball player I knew. Brendan, I don't think he even played on our high school team. Pretty sure. Right? But nonetheless, we, it's that, it's, that's one of the main reasons that we respect greatness so much. Right? Because we look at ourselves and we look at the people that surround us and we don't see that many people who are master at that one thing at that one specific thing, right? Like even one of the students in my school, he's an accounting expert. And I don't think that's you know, speaking out of turn to call him an expert. But when, when he is uh, talking about accounting, I hear Charlie Brown teacher, like it, 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 there's a certain amount of accounting I understand. And he goes to the part that I understand. And then he goes to the part like just above what I understand where I still kind of get it a little bit. And then he winds up in the quantum realm where I, I have no idea what he's talking about. But that's because he understands it so, so well, right? And it's the same when it comes to anybody who's great at what they do, right? If you watch, like we, uh, my neighbor growing up, their son, right? We grew up next to a couple that were older than my parents. They had kids my parents' age. And one of their sons was a carpenter. And specifically, he was a master woodworker. And he did some construction on our house. And the construction was done okay. But the things that were done beautifully in the house I grew up in, where he built my parents this bar in the bar area downstairs, built him a bar, and he built his entertainment unit. And both of those were handcrafted pieces of wood. And they were gorgeous. They were incredible. They, are the, they were the, when we sold that house, they were the selling features of that house because they, are, they were built so well that despite the fact that we lived in that house for 30 more years or so after that work was done, more or less 25, 30 years, all the life that happened, all the pets, all the, the kids, all the craziness that happened in that house between when it, those things were built and now couldn't deteriorate them at all. They still looked incredible. They still were incredible pieces of work. And I'm sure the new homeowners are still using both of them, if not, if not, just the bar, both of them, because they're gorgeous. And we can respect that craftsmanship, right? We look, we look at how wonderful that those things were built, how wonderful Mike built those things, and how beautiful they still are. And the same is true for every great, every bit of greatness you see in your life. When we hear someone like Eric Clapton, or like Jimmy, Jimmy Hendrix, play the guitar, right? Or Carlos Santana, we hear those guys play the guitar. And there's someone who mastered that craft. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. As someone who has no idea how to play a guitar, I can appreciate how beautiful that is. I can appreciate the work that is, and I can appreciate the greatness that there is in it. It's why in combat sports, we look at people like Anderson Silva, like George St. Pierre, uh, like uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. We look at the level of greatness that they achieved without with nary a scandal behind them you know they're the kind of people we can respect their greatness and the person that they are there's other people where we can respect their greatness and maybe there's some other things about them we don't particularly care for but we can respect that high level of greatness that they have so as we get to about our midpoint here i want to answer the question as to why we respect greatness why do we look at the dynasty that the Yankees had in baseball in the late 90s, early 2000s? Why do we look at that as like, oh, 
why, why does that catch our attention? Why can we look at a painting from a master and just be blown away by it? Well, it's simple. Because we know that greatness can't be cheated. It can't. There, listen, there are certain things in life that you get because you're touched by God or you're born that way or whatever, right? That's why beauty can be breathtaking, but we don't respect it the same way we do mastery of a skill. You see a model who's amazing looking. She's beautiful, got the most beautiful face. Yes, we're all like, wow, she's beautiful. But we don't look at her in the same light as we look at Kobe Bryant. We don't look at them the same because the model was born that way. She didn't have to do anything to get there. Kobe Bryant worked his whole life to get where he got. He, he worked every single day on his craft until he became arguably the best basketball player there, there ever was. Or the same, same is true for many other people you can make that argument about. And the same is true when it comes to even someone who masters one of the trades, right? Like my wife speaks electrical really, really well. Mrs. Sensei, that's her, her engineering background is in electrical. So she speaks electrical really well. And I can watch her do something and I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> give me a year. I wouldn't figure that out. Right? And I can respect the heck out of it. And the same holds true for anybody that I see do anything great. Like, I watch collegiate wrestling and I, though I understand a little bit, I don't quite understand all of the rules in collegiate wrestling. Their rules are a little different than MMA, obviously, but I respect the greatness in it. I watch, you know, I, I see an ultra marathoner who runs hundreds of miles. I respect the greatness in that because everybody in their life has run a mile. And when you run a mile and it sucks, you're like, there's somebody that did a hundred of these in a row without stopping. That's mind boggling. It's the same reason, like one of my neighbors, a couple of years ago, he ran the, the marathon on Long Island here, the marathon that we put on every year. And he's not like a physically impressive guy. Like you wouldn't look at him and be like, wow, I want to be in shape like him. But he still ran this marathon. And he was not Mr. Like Super Runner or whatever, but it was his goal. And he conquered this thing. And running 26.2 miles is no small achievement. And I respected the heck out of that. Sure, he didn't win the marathon. He didn't, he wasn't first place in his age group or whatever. I don't care. That was still impressive. That was still really, really impressive because he conquered something great. It's why we respect a business that someone built from the ground up. It's why we love success stories in life. Why we love the person who was down and out, who failed over and over and over again, but they learned from one failure and they turned it into the next and they turned it into the next. That's why success stories are the greatest stories because we respect greatness. Because as human beings, we know how difficult greatness is. It's why we respect dominance even more. Like, for example, right now in, in the world of sport jiu-jitsu, Gordon Ryan is the be-all, end-all. Like, there's nobody better than Gordon Ryan. And I'm sure people who are listening who are really into jiu-jitsu might make me some arguments about somebody else. And I'll listen to you. I'll debate it with you. But Gordon Ryan is, the at the moment, he is the king of the hill. Right? There's no one better. He wins absolutes, wins the heavyweight, wins everything. Right? He wins every tournament there is to win and making a really successful living 
at winning tournaments in jiu-jitsu, which is not really a very common thing. But we can respect that dominance, that greatness. It's why we respected it when George St. Pierre was doing it. It's why we respected it when Anderson Silva was doing it, when Demetrius Johnson, when all those guys were doing that in the UFC and they were the champion and the longstanding champion for a very long time, you know, Kamara Usman until recently, and many others. John Jones, obviously we may not respect some of the stuff in his personal life, but the greatness in his athletics we can certainly respect. We respect that so much because we have an idea as to how hard it is to be the one of one. Because again, we can think back to being in Little League as a kid. And we can realize there's a Little League in every town in America, more or less, right? So now you think about how many kids were in your Little League. And there was probably a similar amount in most of the Little Leagues around you. And now take that just to the county you live in. How many kids played Little League in the years you played Little League? Okay, now, from there, just again, we'll stay in that one county. How many of those kids went on to play to play baseball in junior high school? Much smaller number. How many went on to play in high school? Even smaller number. How many played in college? Much smaller number. How many played in the minor leagues? One or two out of that whole county, if that, if that, right? That it, when you when you extrapolate those numbers out, it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. It's one of the reasons that if you're a good coach, you don't tell an athlete who is uh, involved in your athletic program, you don't tell them, well, no, this is the only sport you should be doing. Even if you're really talented, you're only doing sport. Because the odds of getting, making a living out of that one activity is very low, very low. Right? The odds of, of playing professionally or even getting a college scholarship on one sport is very low. I mean, if you think about it, the biggest sport for college scholarships is football. And again, play that extrapolation game with football, right? How many kids out of your county do you know? Like, I know like, for my hometown, I know like one kid that played in, 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 and I think he's playing in the arena league now, maybe. But that's, you know, like from my town, that's it. Right? And from our county, how many people went on to the pros? I don't even know. I think the number is very, very small. Right? So you think about how small a chance you have to get college scholarships. Like this was explained to me a, a, a long time ago. Right? Think about how many towns there are. Realize there's that many intramural sport leagues. Okay. Like I explained before. Now think about how many colleges there are. There's much less, right? Think about how many of those colleges have a football program, for example, even less. Think about how many of them are Division One, even less. Think about how, how many full-ride scholarships each D1 college gives out. Three or four. Maybe, maybe the biggest programs give out five or six. So now you're banking on a kid who's six years old being one of those people who takes one of the, let's call it 600 scholarships that are offered in a year. Oh, my God. That's such a small fractional percentage but that's why we respect the greatness because we know the kids who got that scholarship they're one of the best five or six hundred in the country that year that's incredible that's incredible there's 330 million people in america that's insane to be one to be one of the best 500 football players in the in the uh, in the in that country like again just extrapolate it down think about what a percentage that is and it's why we love greatness. It's why we respect it so much. Because you cannot cheat your way to greatness. You can't. Listen, there's when, when you're a kid, when you're playing Little League, 
the coach's son might play more than you because the coach likes his son better, right? The coach might like another kid better than you, so he might play that kid more. It's possible. But when it comes to that elite level, the professional level, when you're seeing uh, the guys who won the Super Bowl, right? When you're seeing the Patrick Mahomes of the world, when you're watching those guys play, you know how what a small percentage they represent. You realize what an elite level they're at. And he's not playing on the on that team because the coach likes him better than somebody else. It's not because his, co- his dad owns the team or something. He has to be one of the best quarterbacks in the world to be there. And we know that. He's got to be within the top 40 or 50 in the world to be in that spot. We know that. And that's why we respect greatness so much. Because like I said, greatness can't be, it can't be cheated. The same way, if you see someone with an incredible physique at, at an older age, that can't be cheated, right? When we see someone who's, bu- who's built a business from the ground up, when we see someone who's mastered a craft, right? Like that guy who did the woodwork in my parents' house. You can't cheat your way to master craftsmanship of woodwork. You can't do it. When we see someone who performs a skill like Eric Clapton on the guitar, like a dominant martial artist like, like Demetrius Johnson or Gordon Ryan, you can't cheat your way through that. You can't get to that elite level of skill. There's no way to cheat it. The only way to get there is the hours. And we know as human beings, we, we, we know intellectually, we know psychologically how difficult it is to get from knowing nothing to being the best in the world. We have, we have a real good concept because we know how difficult it was uh, to learn just about anything. And when you think about that, and you think about how difficult it is to get to real good at something, we can extrapolate out how difficult it is to get to best in the world. And we know that can't be cheated. Listen, we get in arguments about performance enhancing drugs and stuff like that, but when you see a person who paints amazingly, who's a spectacular singer, who is a master of the guitar, right? I was listening to a song the other day uh, on my, my, one of my home devices, and it flowed into the next song, and it featured Travis Barker, the drummer, and I know nothing about the drums. I know one of the senseis who I trained with, he knows a lot about drums, he used to play the drums. I know nothing. But I can tell listening to Travis Barker play the drums, oh my God, he's incredible at the drums. I know nothing about the guitar, but I hear Carlos Santana play the guitar, and I'm like, oh my God, he makes that guitar cry. It's beautiful. I listen to, I watch a master craftsman build something, I'm blown away. And the same is true when you see anybody who's great at what they do. We respect greatness because we know greatness is one of one, and we know how hard it is to make a masterpiece. We know that. As human beings, we understand it. Sometimes we ruin that with jealousy, right? And that's always a terrible thing. But we respect greatness because we know how difficult greatness is, right? Think about the one thing you are the best at in your entire life. If there's one thing that you had to pick that you are the best at, now you think about that. How much work did it take to become the best at that thing? Now that you understand that and you have that, are you the best in the world at that thing? Are you one of the best in the world? Are you top 10? <laughs> and if, if your answer is no, then you can appreciate how difficult it is for somebody to get to that elite level. And that's why we respect greatness. But the thing is, greatness isn't just 
being the best guitar player in the world. It isn't just being the best martial artist in the world. I respect, I think my father is a great father. And I think that because of how hard I watched him work, of how, how difficult a time life gave him sometimes, but he still was there. And that's the thing. We, we know of a lot of people in our lives who we think of as great. Maybe we don't put them in the same level as we do with, you know, one of those guitar players I mentioned in the guitar, but we still think they're great at what they do. Listen, I'm sure you think your accountant is great. I'm sure that you think your dentist is great. I'm sure that you think your eye doctor is great. Your mechanic, right? The people that you have in your life. And that's important. But why do we think they're great? Why do we respect it so much? Because we know how hard it is to get great at anything. Because greatness can't be cheated. There is no substitute for the hours. There isn't. But the best part about greatness is not only does it, it get you to a place where you're great and you feel great about yourself and that skill, not only does it earn other people's respect, but it teaches you the way to get good at anything. There's no substitute for, the, for the, the grind. There's no substitute for the hours. There's no substitute for the blood, sweat, and tears. It's why we respect it so much, and it's why we strive for it in life, right? So listen, you can be great at something. You can be the best in the world, but you can be great at a lot of things. All it's going to take is a little blood, sweat, and tears, a little bit of time. You put that in, and man, you will earn the respect of anybody. But most importantly, you'll earn an achievement that you can hang your hat on. And in my book, that's the most important thing of all. Being able to respect your own accomplishments. Right? That's all I have for you guys this week. Right? I, I really hope you guys take this food for thought and uh, take it to heart. And find that thing that you're great at and really work it and really push it. I mean... I. I don't want to sound conceited, but I think I know what I'm best at, what, what I'm great at, and I know how much work it took to get there. That's why I can respect the greatness in anybody. So find your greatness. That's my advice for you this week. Find your greatness. Find the thing that you're great at. And if there's something that you're good at and you want to make it great, just realize, well, it's going to take you some more work. And no one can take that away from you. No one can take that greatness away from you because you put in the time. You put in the work. So that's all I have for you guys this week. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at sensei underscore Leonelli. You can find me on Facebook. I'm sensei James Leonelli. Everywhere that I'm on the internet, you can find on my link tree, linktr.ee slash senseileonelli. Sensei is S-E-N-S-E-I. Leonelli is L-E-O-N-E-L-L-I. You can find my school online at tskSmithtown.com. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash TigerShulmanSmithtown. Twitter and Instagram is at tsmma underscore Smithtown. The podcast is on Instagram at Sensei's Weekly Mindset. Find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. Once again, sponsorship opportunities are available for the podcast. Reach out to me to set them up. Other than that, make sure that you guys leave a rate and review. Just helps. Subscribe, get your new episodes every Wednesday. Don't miss a one. And most importantly, share the podcast. I love seeing the views and downloads go up. It just helps. So anybody that you think that could benefit from listening, send them the link. I'd appreciate it more than you know. So until next week, my friends, invest in yourselves. I'll see you guys on the mat.